Revelation chapter very close to 15. We're going to do a little bit of a running start. And let me remind you, uh, we are in the, there's the seven year period called the, the entire seven year period is called the tribulation. It is 2,520 days to three and a half year periods, 1,260 days each. These are lunar years, 360 day years. And the last half is called the Great Tribulation because that's when the real wheels really fall off. As bad as the first half is, and it's bad. The sixth trumpet judgment, which is the last judgment of the first three and a half years, one third of the human race is killed. And then it gets worse. The seventh and that's the sixth trumpet judgment. Then the seventh trumpet sounds. This is Revelation 11. The seventh trumpet sounds, and that initiates the great tribulation. The seventh trumpet sounds, and that initiates the great. That's the last three and a half years. Is the seventh, is the seventh trumpet. And then we went into the description of the Jews who are in Jerusalem. They have seen Moses and Elijah called up into heaven. They've been dead on the street for three days. And the world's been throwing a party because these men who had been calling down plagues on them for three and a half years and been untouchable now have been killed and the world is literally throwing a party because of the, these are the men that call plagues on us and these are the men that tormented us. The fifth trumpet judgment was the five months of the locusts with the scorpion-like stings that tormented the people and it was such bad horrible torment they wanted to die but they couldn't die but they wanted to die wanted to die and so what was the sixth trumpet oh you want to die here and a third of the human race is killed so they get one of the things that God does to judge sinners is he gives them what they say they want and it doesn't work out the way they had expected and then you have Moses and Elijah killed by the Antichrist or his forces. They're in Jerusalem. They're dead on the street for three days. The world is throwing a party. And then they stand up on their feet. And everyone witnessing this hears the voice from heaven saying, Come up here. And they witness these two men rise into the presence of God. And then there is an earthquake. Large numbers of people in Jerusalem are killed, but they fear God and give him, those who are still there, fear God and give him glory. They fear God and give him glory. As we saw in the chapter 14 with the angels that are sent out, the gospel angel, what is his message to the human race? Fear God and give Him glory. And those people in Jerusalem who repented, they are told by God, flee to the east. And there is a place of divine protection and provision. Ancient Ammon, Moab area, where the rose-red city of Petra is. And they will, for three and a half years, they will be 
experience divine protection from the enemies of God and provision. Their needs, their physical needs will be met for three and a half years. And then we saw the explanation of in uh, chapter 13, the Antichrist's agenda. Here is his program. He demands worship from that point on. He has killed Moses and Elijah, but they're taken up into heaven. At that point, he demands worship of everybody on the planet. You are to worship me. You are to worship me. And there's the false prophet who erects an idol that is an animated idol that actually can kill people. And they have there is the demand that they worship the beast, the Antichrist. And take his mark on your forehead or on your hand. And what is the mark of the beast? Six, six, six. Why that number? This is conjecture. It's the only conjecture I've ever heard that makes any sense. What was the day of man's creation? The sixth day. The sixth day. And so this is man in open rebellion against God and you cannot buy or sell you cannot purchase food you can't purchase anything can't sell anything if you don't have the mark of the beast he's completely in control of all commerce and then you have in chapter 14 we have the agenda of Christ in response to this and we see the 144,000 surrounding him in the in the city of Jerusalem, what's as I indicated when what three or four weeks ago when we were there, uh, this is the victory team victory picture <laughs> after the game. So what is the encouragement to God's people who are on the planet? Hey, let me show you what it's going to look like when I've destroyed my enemy. And he's surrounded by the one hundred and forty four thousand who have been going all over the earth preaching the gospel. And they can't be stopped. There they are in earthly Jerusalem. And they are hearing the heavenly choir from before the throne of God. They're in the same way that Moses and Elijah, there was a voice from heaven come up here. So these 144,000 are in Jerusalem. And there is the heavenly choir. And this is a song that is their song of victory. And then you've got the angels that are sent out. And what, the first is the gospel angel. That's chapter 14, verse 6. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory. That's exactly the expression that was used of those people in Jerusalem who saw Moses and Elijah and who survived the earthquake. They feared God and gave Him glory. Fear God and give Him glory. And give glory to Him for the hour of His judgment has come and worship Him who made heaven the, and earth, the sea and springs of, wa of water. Worship the Creator God. And another angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. This is the first specific mention of Babylon. And its place, and we're going to be dwelling on that this evening. 
Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then the third angel followed, this is 14.9, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast, the Antichrist, and his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, it's all over. He himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. They have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image and who receive the mark of his name. So you've got the gospel angel, you've got the one rejoicing Babylon's downfall, you've got the one declaring damnation on the Antichrist, the beast, and his followers, and now you have a declaration about God's own people. Here is the patience of the saints, because there will be those who respond to the gospel message, and they will endure great affliction. They will be martyred in massive numbers. In Revelation chapter 7, it speaks of the uncountable multitude who stand before the throne of God holding palm trees in their hands who come out of the great tribulation that last three and a half years. And they are victorious standing before the throne of God. And they will, as we will see in chapter 19, they will return with Christ to reign and to rule. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed are you if you die in the Lord because of your loyalty to the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. The reward of their works will be waiting for them in the presence of God. And then verses 14 to 16, we see the Son of Man, our Lord Jesus Christ, seated on a cloud, and he puts his sickle in and he reaps the harvest of the saint, souls of the saints into his barn. And then in verses 17 to 20, we have another angel coming out of the temple, which is in heaven also. There's going to be another harvest. And another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire. And he cried with a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for their, her grapes are fully ripe. Judgment is about to begin. Judgment has reached its fruition. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God, and the winepress was trampled outside the city, the city of Jerusalem. And the blood came out of the winepress up to the horses' bridles for 1,600 furlongs, 184 miles. 92 miles in every direction around Jerusalem. The armies, as we're going to see in chapter 16, the armies of the Antichrist, those kings that had submitted to his rule, their armies are assembled for the purpose of the final solution, final solution, yes. 
I thought it was for d deeper in than that. Okay. Well, one of the things that... Okay, let me tell you what Bob Barrett told me, and he just he and his wife just went to Israel about a year ago. Is there the the Megiddo Valley is actually about that length of uh, 184 miles, so it may not be as a full circle. It, it may be the that that valley of our of Mount Megiddo, <laughs> which is why it's called the Battle of Har, Har Mount Megiddo Armageddon that valley is filled. Well, true. They, there's such a thing as navies, isn't there? <laughs> That's right. Well, and what I'm saying to you right now, this is all by way of review. <coughs> uh, then we, are in our last meeting, we also got into chapter 15, which is the prelude to the bowl judgments. Now, I want to point something out. The trumpet judgments. Chapter 8 and verse 1. And there was silence in heaven for half an hour. And to the angels who stand before God, priestly, were handed seven trumpets. And so these angels are priestly that call out this, uh, the, the judgments, the trumpet judgments. And, I, and a few weeks ago we made the comparison. You look at Jericho. And I made the point that this, there are seven points made in the book of Revelation that are very much reflective of the battle of Jericho. There was silence in heaven for half an hour. What did the Israel do when they were surrounding Jericho? God told them, you were to march around the city for six days, once each day, and not say a word. The only sound is to be the sound of the trumpets from being blown by the seven priests who are leading you in this procession. And then on the seventh day, you march seven times around. And by the way, you've got the Ark of the Covenant. In, it's the only time in Israel's history when they were commanded to take the Ark of the Covenant into battle with them. The Ark of the Covenant is in the middle of the procession being carried by priests. So you've got there was silence in heaven for half an hour. Silence around Jericho. To the seven priests, to the seven angels that stand before God, priests, they are handed seven trumpets. Just like the priests before leading the procession before Jericho. Chapter 11. Upon the sounding, and the seventh trumpet sounds, and John is in heaven and he sees the Ark of the Covenant brought out. And then you have, we're going to see in chapter uh, 17, the whore of Babylon. And of this descriptive of the whore of Babylon. Well, the only person whose name we know from the city of Jer ancient Jericho was Rahab the harlot. And then you have in chapter 18, a mighty angel coming down and shouting with a loud voice, just as Israel shouted with a loud voice and the walls of Jericho fell down. This angel comes down and shouts with a loud voice, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And when the walls fell down and Israel from all sides ran into the city of Jericho that is now has no protection of walls, 
But the men who had gone in there formerly as spies, they went in and got Rahab and her family out under protection. And in chapter 18, about three verses after the angel's pronouncement, come out of her, my people, come out of her, lest you suffer her judgment. So seven aspects that have to do with Jericho are replicated having to do with the judgments to come that I think particularly pertain to Babylon. But the first specific mention of Babylon was what we saw in chapter 14, but we're going to see Babylon brought up again in chapter 16 and then dwelled on all of chapters 17 and 18 has to do with Babylon. So we have the preparation for the bold judgments. You've got the saints of God in heaven uh, worshiping God, the martyrs. And then we have uh, verse 5 of chapter 15. After these things I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony of heaven was open. Out of the temple came seven angels having the seven plagues clothed in pure bright linen and having their chests girded with golden bands. This is a replication of the garments of the Levitical priests. They had white garments and they had gold thread woven into their white linen garments around their chests. Well, these angels have apparently solid gold bands. So these angels likewise 